this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey, your host and producer. It's Christmas Day, and I was just thinking about how thankful I am to be living in this part of the world. It's progressive, tolerant, and absolute a beautiful place. When I travel and come back here, I love to land in Seattle because it's just absolutely unmatched any place that I've been. I moved to this area in the early 1960s with my family from the East Coast. And at that time, the Smith Tower was the tallest building in Seattle. Think about that. It's just dwarfed by the downtown now. And uh, pro sports, not even on the drawing board. The Seahawks, just a bird. The Mariners, not even a thought about getting Major League Baseball here. And to see what has happened with that, the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl, the Mariners Well, not quite getting there yet, but you never know. Talk about a drought. We're talking about a drought for not making the playoffs. Just think of the drought we had with no major league sports then. The city is in a much better place than it was. Yes, I'm with you. I hate the traffic congestion. It's getting worse, but let's not blame that on the people moving here. If we can't handle it, that's on us. It's not the people moving here. So let's see if we can get a comprehensive transportation plan in 2019. Make a step towards that. Enough of my editorializing. Today, Ron Bailey, the founder of the Moisture Festival, one of the most interesting and fun and uniquely Seattle events that you probably have never heard of, will be talking with me about how it got started in 2004 and where it is today. I'll have a short tribute to David Marriott, a Seattle icon who passed away earlier this year. Back with my interview with Ron Bailey in just a moment. You're listening to Voices of Experience with Paul Casey. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. One more time, visit VoicesOfExperience.com. All one word. I visited with a man by the name of Ron Bailey, who, like me, lives in West Seattle. I went to his home one day and uh, visited him on a very rainy day and interviewed him about something called the Moisture Festival, which he founded. And I believe it's been around since 2004, and uh, it takes place in the Fremont area, and it has uh, a New Year's Eve party coming up, which uh, we'll talk about, and the Moisture Festival in the spring. It's an incredible event. I'm not going to go into any detail now because this interview lasts for about 12 minutes and it really goes into great detail as to the history and also to how the Moisture Festival got started. If you do not have the time to listen to the entire interview now, you can go to my archives, Voices of Experience, then you'll come to the KKNW page, click Archives on there, and you'll go to that. And then you'll find the radio show Voices of Experience at the very bottom of the page. Click onto that and you can listen to it on SoundCloud. 
So uh, anyhow, I'm at Ron Bailey's home now, and my first question to him was, how did the Moisture Festival get started? Begins at the Oregon Country Fair, which is a, a fair just outside of Eugene, Oregon. And it's a, it's a weekend event. And they have a big vaudeville performing community down there, which I've been a part of over the years, for about 35 years now. And I would watch the reaction of the audience to these performers and the way they connected. And down there was like um, all ages in the audience. And I really appreciated the effect they had on the audience and the interaction with the performer and the audience. And I thought, man, that's a valuable thing. That's a valuable thing. So I just watched that build and enjoyed being a part of it. And then there happened to be a German clown named Hockey Ginda who was invited to the Oregon Country Fair. He's from Berlin. And he did a festival in Berlin um, years ago now, I think it was 96 maybe, and one of the people you may have seen at our festival is Tom Noddy, the bubble guy. Yes. So he was invited to hockey's festival, but his girlfriend couldn't go, so he called me up, do you want to go to Berlin? I've got a ticket. So luckily I have a wonderful wife who said, yeah, go ahead. And so... What year was this? I think it was 96. 1996. Yeah. The festival, our festival started in 2004. So there were years in between. But this was, he had a club at the time called the Chameleon, which started right after the wall came down over there. And it was a very just enthusiastic performers, enthusiastic audiences. And so anyway, he did this festival, which was in the Chameleon and in a couple of small theaters near the chameleon and in two circus tents um, in parks near that so not only were the performances greatest you know jugglers from africa and people from yugoslavia and just england and and they were all sort of doing what we do at the festival at hockey gindas festival and the other great part about that festival was hanging out after the shows or near the fe that festival, having breakfast with other performers, and that interaction that just was inspiring. So sitting with Tom Noddy and Hockey, uh, we were talking and saying, you know, this could work in Seattle. Something like this could work in Seattle. But and Why did it, you think that? Why Seattle? Well, having done the, the country fair, and of course there are some people from Seattle that come down for that, but... Seattle's a great theater music town, you know, in, in 2004 and so and people were, were going out and, the, and there was also an audience for more than the ballet and the opera and this, you know, Seattle likes underground performances, you know, they like exploring and checking things out and one of my friends who went to the country fair, the Oregon country fair, was Mac DeVee. And he is a real doer kind of a guy. He's a big guy involved in the Fremont Arts Council and the whole Fremont scene. So I came back from that thing in Berlin. I said, Mac, I think, because we talked about how do we bring the country fair to Seattle. Never I could really think of the way to do it. And so I talked with Mac and I said, you know, Mac, 
we should do a festival. We should do like a vaudeville festival, but we didn't want to call it vaudeville because the word vaudeville is too nostalgic. There's a, it has baggage to it, you know, and so hockey used variety comedy as the title of his festival, so we just want comedy variety. And the fact that nobody knows exactly what that means was to our advantage, I think. It's like, what is this thing? And so Mac and I then began to build a team to put together the first festival, which included Tim First, who now does all most of the booking for the festival because he was involved with the Flying Karamazov Brothers, you know, who went all over the world sure. performing and meeting artists. So when he and he's got a great reputation for being just honest and a and a wonderful man. So when he called up some of these performers, they were like, sure, Tim, we'll come see what your festival's about. And that's, so Mac and I sort of built the original team, and there's the, me and Mac and Tim first are the, the last of the original uh, creators of the festival. And then it's just been keeping the team together. Which was is, it? Was the first festival? Was it where it's located now? It was in a tent. In, in a tent. In, uh, okay, where? At you know where they used to do the outdoor movies in Fremont. Yes. Okay, so it started there. Started there. Okay. And it, but that held about 150 people, and we did it from Thursday through Sunday. What time of year? It was the same time of year, and okay. we had the discussion of like, let's not get involved with summer. There's too much competition. Let's go for when it's raining and people want something to have some fun with. Let's go for spring, you know. And that's why the name Moisture Festival. <laughs> yeah. How did you get that name? Who came up with that? Well, the the the, the actual true story is uh, my wife and I were out on the southwest corner of the state, out there for a little weekend getaway. And we passed by a billboard that said Oyster Festival, because they have an Oyster Festival out there. And so, somehow, she thought it said Moisture Festival, and I was like, Moisture Festival? What is that? I went, no, there's no way that said Moisture Festival. So we turned around and it said Oyster Festival. But we kept laughing about Moisture Festival, what a funny term that was for the Northwest. So when we, we batted around hundreds of names, you know, Festival of Fools was what it was sort of, you know, one of the things, because they do that in Amsterdam and all over it. And it's that time of year, kind of. But now nah, we didn't want to attach to that. We wanted it to be unique to Seattle, so we landed. <laughs> Spring, moisture, yeah, it goes hand in hand. Before we get too much into some of the background, I'd like to just to describe what this is about, because this is radio. Right. And that's hard to do because I think when Shirley Tom told me about this, I really had no clue. And I came into it and I went, this is very fun and very different from what I thought it would be. Can you describe what this is in terms, I know it's vaudeville type performances because I've been there, I see it that way. But someone out there just listening to this and hearing it for the first time, what would you describe this event as? Well, it's definitely... Variety acts, and what makes it kind of exciting for me is 
people develop these skills on their own. Becoming a fantastic juggler, becoming a part of a duo acrobatics act, uh, becoming part of an aerial act, or walking on a, on a tightrope or a slack rope. So it's like individuals developing these skills and then realizing that there aren't many places that feature that kind of an art form as the main event. Like you'll see it at corporate events, you'll see it at uh, folk life, you'll see it here, you'll see it there. But we wanted to present it as an actual art form. We consider the variety arts to be like, like the ballet. There are people that develop unusual skills. And so part of the fun of it is finding those unusual skills. Like we have this one guy that comes to the festival, Zip Code Man. And you, anyone in the crowd can say a zip code and he'll tell you where that is, what the pizza joint is that's next to it. And, you know, people I haven't have, seen him. Oh, it's unbelievable. I must be <laughs> you know, those types of, of people who that, yeah. do that. And at first people think, oh, everyone's planted in the audience. Then you realize, no, there's no way that could be true. So he has that skill. We had a guy from New Zealand who, rubber band boy. And he his act was putting rubber bands around his face, hundreds of rubber bands, so it would become so funny what his face looked like uh, after all of these. I missed that bands. one too. Sorry about that. I got to go to more of these. <laughs> and of course, wow. great magicians uh, come to the festival. I've seen those. And, I mean, those uh, are incredible. Really incredible. Yeah. And the thing about it is there at Hale's Palladium is it's a very intimate setting. Uh, so you feel very connected to the performer. But... It's variety acts, and so where do they come from? It's people's desire to do this performing, and we give them a stage on which to do something they've developed on their own, you know. And they come from all around the world. All around the world. And they don't get paid much. <laughs> I know that. They don't get paid much. Well, they're, to our uh, fortune, good fortune, they recognize that we're trying to bring this art form to the forefront. To, we, we want to make people aware that the variety arts are just exciting and it's not a nostalgic thing. These are people developing these unusual skills right now today and they, they come up with the, with the funniest and most unique things and so it's not something that we're delving into the past to find. These are performers that are currently performing around the world and entertaining people. And so, as I was saying earlier, when they come to the festival, they also get to hang out. And where did you perform? Where have you been? Oh, I was at a club in so-and-so, and, and it's happening there. You should check that out. And so one of the big, another big draw for them to come to Seattle is that they get to hang out with other performers doing this. And wor working at the festival has led some of them to go on to Cirque du Soleil, uh, go on to Teatro Zinzani. Um, so it's been a good connection for the artists, which we really enjoy. And and then when they're performing next to each other, there's a wonderful competition, which I think is another reason why the audiences benefit at the festival, because these artists are 
more or less showing off <laughs> for the other artists, right? And so, yeah, so it's just variety arts. It's everything under the sun. Yeah, I just say you really have to come and see it and, and, <laughs> and be one of these people, as you mentioned earlier, for a Seattle person who does like to explore different entertainment right. opportunities, this is certainly a place to go. Let's uh, describe Timetable. I know you have a New Year's Eve uh, show coming up. Yeah, we do a couple of uh, big fundraisers for the festival. One is our auction in October, and then we do a New Year's Eve party, and, um, and that helps fund the next year's festival. And it's usually a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's there at Hales Palladium. We have some variety acts. And that's we in Ballard. A, that's free, free so, Excuse me, Fremont. Okay. Fremont Ballard. Fremont Ballard. It is okay. right halfway. But you're right. It is. I don't, I always go, when I'm going there, I always, I'm glad I have Google Map because I sometimes can't find it all the time. But once you walk in, you're, you're right. It's just this whole feeling as soon as the doors open, much as the setting is a performance that has so much to do with it. But... Anyhow, continue. Uh, so this is New Year's Eve. What's that about? Can the public come to this, and how would they yeah, do it? Yeah, and it does usually sell out each year. But it's a and the other good thing is that it's uh, you can bring your kids to this New Year's Eve party, um, and we have a great band this year, the High Steppers, really good soul funk band, and we have several performers who are throughout the night do uh, something from the variety arts, and uh, so. If you've never been to Hales Palladium, it's a great. You've been there, so you know it's a funky, elegant. Yes. Oh yeah, I really enjoy it. The whole ambiance of it, and you do you you feel so close to the performers, no matter where you're sitting. The the band which you play in and and uh, have done, but yeah, you just have this really great feeling about it. You, and you got Hales beer too. But I'm glad you made the point about this is not a throwback to vaudeville. This is something that's happening now, and these performers are not just doing for nostalgia. This is great theater in this day and age. Yeah, and it's uh, in the same way that I, I loved the way the audiences felt years ago at the Oregon Country Fair. I get that same feeling when I watch the audience today. And I think we all of us that work on the festival, when when the audience leaves and they're feeling good and the kids are all happy and you know, that's why everyone does all this work for next to nothing. Because we regard it as a positive force in in the world. And a lot of that is uh, to be credited to the, the work of the artists. You know, they do it in a generous way um, when they develop these skills. They want people to enjoy these crazy skills they've developed. And also, it, it, it is like the, the aerial artists are just mind-blowing, what they can do yes. hanging from a rope or a, on a trapeze bar. Yeah, don't try this at home. Don't try this at home. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, <laughs> you know, I've been close to those before. I'm going, I just can't believe it. Yes, it really is. And, and the people on the tight ropes and the people on, we've had pole acts. And then I have a close uh, association with Sanka because that that's a school of circus arts. And so when they get uh, kids coming up that... Uh, are developing these skills then we invite them to perform at the festival too so there's a we're we're kid friendly that's ron bailey and uh, an interview i had with him about the founding of the moisture festival if you would like to find out more about the moisture festival you can go to their web page which is moisturefestival.org moisturefestival.org 
And you can find out more about the New Year's Eve extravaganza and also the Moisture Festival coming up in the spring. I think it starts March 14th. Again, that's moisturefestival.org. And again, if you'd like to listen to this broadcast or any other interviews I've had on KKNW and previous radio shows, just Google KKNW, then click on to Archives. Various radio shows will show up in KKNW. If you go to the bottom of the page, you click on to Voices of Experience, and you can listen to this show and a number of shows I've had over the last year and a half. I had an interview with David Marriott, and he was a local expert in crisis communications. One of his big clients was Amanda Knox. Another was uh, Alaska Airlines, which he really was out in front after the plane crash in 1999. In part of the interview, which I'm not playing the entire thing today, I asked about social media and some of the caution flags that we should be all aware of. And this was long before the revelations of Facebook and how Facebook influenced the 2016 election by allowing essentially fake news on their site. Again, prior to that, I asked what companies, businesses, and organizations, what should they be concerned about regarding social media? You don't know what you're looking at. Uh, you don't know what you're seeing is truthful, honest, etc., cetera, uh, even factually based. So as a result of that, I think it's important to continually monitor social media and also be careful what you post. I know a lot of companies have uh, Twitter sites and Facebook sites and LinkedIn sites, and they do postings there. That's a track record for that, ind- for that organization. Uh, it becomes part of their reputation. Um, and as a result of that, they need to kind of be careful what they post. And, and frankly, social media should be a big part of their overall marketing and corporate communications planning so that they're looking out of ways um, in terms of, of what, how to properly use social media and the Internet to continue to communicate with its customer base and other stakeholders. That's the late, great David Marriott, certainly a gem in the Seattle area. And David We miss you very much and wish your family the absolute very best in going forward into 2019.
Well, that's all the time we have for this edition to Voices of Experience. I would like to thank Ron Bailey and David Marriott for part of an interview I had with him in 2017. If you want to listen to any show for the last year and a half, you can Google KKNW, then click through to archives. At the bottom of the page, or close to the bottom of the page, you'll find Voices of Experience, and then you've arrived at the right place. Just click through that, and you can listen to any past show. You can hear interviews that include former host of NPR's All Things Considered, Robert Siegel, another couple of shows I did on homelessness several weeks ago, which included a visit to the Bread of Life Mission in Seattle's Pioneer Square. Have a wonderful Christmas Day, no matter what religion or non-religion affiliation you don't have. Voices of Experience will be back in 2019 at 8.30 a.m. on Tuesdays and now 1.30 p.m. on Fridays. And again, KKNW 11.50 a.m. will be broadcasting the shows. I'll leave you with a song that I really have grown to love. It's called Father Christmas, and it was written and sung by the late Greg Lake of Emerson Lake and Palmer. It peels away at the myths surrounding Christmas and suggests that you are accountable for your actions, both good and bad, throughout the year, and you get the Christmas you deserve. And as he says in the part I play that will come up in just a moment, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a great New Year. I wish you a hopeful Christmas. I wish you a great New Year. All anguish, pain, and sadness. Lead your heart and let your road be clear. They said there'd be snow at Christmas. They said there'd be peace on earth. Hallelujah, Lord, I'll be here. Christmas we get, we deserve.